0: You're listening to episode number 35 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed. Every Sunday, only on Sundays, I'll release a new podcast episode exploring topics like mental health, entrepreneurship, politics, and of course, self-care. This episode is an interview with one of my friends, Sophie. Sophie Gray was actually on episode number two of Self-Care Sunday. She was my first ever interview 10 months ago. And so this is kind of a follow-up to that. So much has changed in that time frame. If you don't know Sophie, Sophie is the name and the face behind Way of Gray. And Way of Gray became a really Instagram famous account. Um, She's considered an influencer in the space. She transitioned from fitness to self-love and has an audience of over 500,000 and this year she actually rebranded. She gave up the name Way of Grey and branded back to herself at Sophie Grey. She also started a podcast called Sophie Thinks Thoughts. She founded a company called Dive Through and she's working on something else that's really exciting. So this episode is all about her journey into the startup world, what her podcast is about and what's next for Sophie. Stay tuned. Um, So, okay, when we first talked, uh, this was last, well, I guess it was still 2018. It was early 2018. Uh And we were just kind of sharing your story and the evolution of of your personal brand from the fitness space to the self-love space. Uh, on Instagram. And if you guys haven't listened to that episode, definitely go all the way back and listen to that because that'll give an interesting context to this episode. Um, But even since then, like in the past 10 months, so much has also changed with your personal brand. So you are no longer Way of Grey.
1: Yeah, I make the joke that like Way of Grey can no longer come to the phone because it's like, it feels so good. And I so... I've had an interesting relationship with that time of my life and with the idea of Way of Grey, and I know it's just an Instagram handle, but it was so much more for me. And it honestly is, it's taken a lot of my personal journaling to appreciate that time and recognize that it served me when it did, but I'm very happy to... Feel really grounded in myself because at the end of the day I really did use it as a way to like shield myself because it was never Sophie Gray it was Wave Gray and that was a personality and that wasn't who I was personally but now with my channel I feel like it gives me so much more freedom to show up as myself and I needed to work on myself to be comfortable to do that in the first place and I'm just really glad that I'm finally in that space.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting to me because In my head, Way of Grey was this really authentic influencer personality. And yet to hear you talk about how it was still like something that you had to mentally show up for kind of tells us that even the authenticity that you see online is sometimes manifested outside of the reality of what's going on. So what was it like for you to come to that realization of this isn't fully authentic to me anymore.
1: Yeah, so it was really like a kind of a downward spiral, and I we talked about it in the last episode, and I, I'm calling it my fear, my flight of panic, so my FOP, um, when I had the panic attack that I ended up having to drive across the country. That was like the last piece, I don't know, like the thread, and then everything started to fall apart, but then it took probably like well, it took two years of working on myself for that to then show up in the brand, in my brand, and online. Because I had to figure some stuff out myself. I had to figure out who Sophie Gray was away from Way of Gray, and it was a very painful time. But it's it's so interesting. So I just actually launched my own podcast, completely inspired, like by you. I love listening to yours, and it was oh, yeah. a really inspiration for me. And to be honest, like one of the one of the feedback that I got from a girl that has been around for for forever, she said she was like, "Oh, I'm so glad that you decided to talk the way that you talk and like not put on like a voice." And that was definitely like a joke within my family that the way of gray had a voice, Mm -hmm. and it was it was a way for me to protect myself because I stumble over words, I don't pronounce words perfectly, and it was really a curated version of myself that did not feel. Like, I was able to show up truly, and I just found that was such an obvious shift that was noticed from a follower of mine that has been there since the beginning, and it really, the voice, I know it sounds small, but it was, it's so true that I'm able to be okay with the way that I sound now and not have to put on the way of gray voice.
0: That's amazing. That must feel so good, especially when you have such a large platform like you do. Oh, yeah. sorry, I'm just letting my cat out. Oh, no worry she's out. Okay. <laughs> That's always interrupting podcast interviews. Yes. <laughs> um, so now that you are Sophie Gray again, or who you always were, I guess, maybe who you always were is coming out on your social platforms. I don't know how you mm-hmm. how you view that or how you phrase that, but what does that mean for your followers? Like, does that even mean anything different? Are you putting out different content other than the podcast, which I want to get to?
1: Mm-hmm. So I definitely say like It's been two and a half years, and I still get asked about when I'm putting out my next fitness book, and I am no longer doing anything fitness-related, and that transition really was right there when I was still having the Way of Grey handle, but I would say like, it's been an interesting thing to navigate my interests, because when you start an Instagram, you're told, go into a niche, stay in that lane, only talk about this, and then... But then as a person, that's just like not realistic. And I have found that it's taken a lot of exploration on my my end to be like, okay, I'm not just interested in inspiring quotes and makeup list selfies. I think that's an awesome aspect of my channel. But I'm also considering myself a businesswoman, a creative. I like to write. I like to go and eat brunch I like to wear different clothes and it's I feel like with this transition I'm opening myself up to not just have to be one type of person because when I was that fitness person that kind of like pigeonholed me to being only that and naturally as you are a person and have different interests you kind of want to share those other sides of life and I've reached a place that I want to so I, I would say the biggest transition is that Sophie Gray, the channel, it's no longer just even about self-love and inspiration. It's about me as a person and dive through and my podcast and my dogs and my relationship and just me. I say like me living as a millennial because I, <laughs> like my our interests are, it's a very, like we're into fashion, we're into clothes, whatever we're into, whatever that is for us. And I'm finally allowing myself to share that openly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you called yourself a businesswoman in all of that because you as an influencer, I think, are unique in the way that I don't think that you've taken on the same amount of like sponsored posts and sponsored partnerships that I see a lot of larger influencers take on. And I think, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but that's because you've created a lot of things yourself. Like you've created ebooks that you've sold, you've created a company now that you're that you're running. Um, Have you seen like your relationship as an influencer with brands change as you've been changing through niches and just like changing your content?
1: Yeah, so I kind of when I was doing fitness, I was very like I actually never did partnerships at all. And it wasn't until I probably say these last 12 to 15 months that I had opened myself up to uh, working with brands. And honestly, I am very appreciative of those relationships because that actually was what allowed me to bootstrap, dive through, and has allowed me to create something that I'm really proud in that isn't exactly a cash flow positive business because it's I'm wanting to create a change in the way that we're living, and I recognize that that comes with a lot of disadvantages to try to get not convince people but show people the value of it so i definitely have those relationship with brand but i'm brands but i'm very ruthless because if i'm not a hundred percent loving the product then why would i talk about it like i don't mm-hmm. eat a mcdonald's so you're not going to see me do an ad for mcdonald's even though the money and the budget is there and it's not to slam people that do that but that's just not my interest as a human so i'm not going to share that and i'm sure i could make a lot more money if I'd open myself up to those kind of relationships, but I don't think that's serving me or my audience.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole Instagram influencer space lately has become really interesting because it's becoming so saturated. And so I see so many people getting into the space and being really frustrated with like the Instagram algorithm and why brands don't want to compensate for certain things and just like all of these like influencer problems. <laughs> has that been anything that you've struggled with? Or is it kind of like out of sight, out of mind, algorithm doesn't really matter, like you're just doing your own thing?
1: I would definitely say that I complain about the algorithm internally, not, and again, I appreciate the opportunity that Instagram has given me, and I'm so appreciative for that. I just find that the algorithm really kind of is a disservice to difference and unique, and not social media-worthy, buzz-worthy content. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the things that are popular, that they're just getting more attention, and that's not really serving anyone in the way that like you're not going to get different opinions, you're not going to get different types of people. Like, you're not going to be able to have a diverse. selection of content on your feed and I don't think that's helpful and I also find that like I'm now that I'm not sharing fitness photos it's not super popular content in the way that it's real and it's raw and people like it's just hard with the likes and everything like that I don't know I have a kind of a messed up relationship with that but I definitely do notice an impact but then I also feel like with influencers we need to be a little more appreciative because brands, like at the end of the day, brands are still ran by people that are still needing to make money and Mm then they're choosing to give that money to you. Like that's an absolute gift and you should be very appreciative for that opportunity.
0: I love that perspective. And I think that gratefulness is so important in this industry because so much of the opportunities that happen come from our relationships within the industry. And so working with a brand once, you know, having a good experience with that and continuing that relationship, for example. Um, but like you were saying, with Instagram, kind of really rewarding, buzzworthy content. I couldn't agree more. It's like any time I post about something that's slightly shocking, like for example, if I post something really detailed about my mental health story in the caption. I always see those posts get so much more traction than if it's just like a happy, positive post of me um, or bikini photos or anything like that. Like I very rarely post anything that shows my body, but whenever I do, I always see a spike and I'm like, why is this that this is what people engage with? I don't know. But it's one of the reasons why I really enjoyed making the shift to podcasting and audio as a medium because I feel like you can get so much more depth and so much more richness out of the content than you can on a platform like Instagram, which is so visually focused. So I want to talk Mm -hmm. about your podcast and kind of what you're focusing on with that. um, The inspiration, you talked a little bit about that, but give us give us the inside scoop.
1: Yeah, so honestly, podcasting has been something that I've wanted to do. I've probably recorded like, four different types of shows with four different like concepts over the last like literally four years i remember i had tried to do one with a girlfriend and we had it completely scripted and we'd like go back and forth reading it it was just awful. so i've been like i had really wanted to do it and i honestly feel like again coming back to that point of the voice it was a huge thing for me um so like it was always like super fake and it was that's exhausting like in podcasting you really can't do that in video you can when they're like three to six minute episodes but like podcasting is I feel like a much more raw and vulnerable platform and it's just different because it's just you and your voice so it took me a really really long time to get there and so it's called Sophie Thinks Thoughts and it's the concept it's hilarious because the thinking thoughts like Sophie Thinks Thoughts of course that comes along with introspection and journaling and it's perfect for that brand and that's what my website has come uh, has become but it's actually from I say like it's something between Riley and I where I would say really weird things I'd be like questioning how cars work we'd be just like driving and I'd be like I don't understand how this car works and like he'd like try to explain it to me and I'm like no he's like okay Sophie just thinking thoughts and I have we actually have like a, a text group with me and one of his friends and like I don't smoke marijuana and it's legal now in Canada so it's like not like if I did like it's not illegal anymore <laughs> but me and this like Riley's friend we text back and forth with these like kind of like high thoughts that we're thinking but we're not high so that's where the Sophie Thinks Thoughts names comes from yeah so with every single episode we follow the same format so at the beginning I introduce what the thought is that we're thinking about and then I uh, share a personal story the type of like takeaways I want us to be thinking about for that particular thought and then I actually provide journaling that you can do about the thought because I find that a lot of the thing like We're in a culture where we really give away our power, and I want to put things back onto the listener and onto The individual to like pull the information, to pull the topic, to pull the thought through their own experience. And the best way that I personally do that is through journaling. So, for example, there's one episode, episode number six is called uh, Embracing Your Flaws. So, then at the end, there's journaling about actually embracing your flaws and what you think your flaws are. And it's just taking the discussion with the episode and then pulling it through your own experience. So, it has that little bit of introspection for yourself. So, I'm really, really excited about it. I'm, it's interesting. I, the, concept of being proud of yourself may sound cocky but I feel like as creators we don't take the time to slow down enough to appreciate and recognize what we're doing and with this podcast it's actually really been the first thing that I've allowed myself to slow down and be like okay this is something you've wanted to do and you've done it like be proud of yourself don't always having to be moving forward so rapidly like take the time to appreciate and I think maybe that's why I'm loving it so much because it's been a tool for me to like actually appreciate appreciate myself in a in an interesting way.
0: Yeah that's amazing and you're so right like we need to celebrate the little wins more often so even just launching is a huge thing like for you to said that you thought about starting podcasts before and like almost did but didn't and now to actually launch something and then you're going to be hitting so many milestones with downloads and new partnerships like I'm so excited for you.
1: Yeah well thank you and honestly like I love listening to your show and it's it's so inspirational to see you just creating such a beautiful piece of content. So truly, you were an inspiration when I was creating it. So thank uh, you.
0: Thank you. <laughs> uh, so beyond the podcast, you've also, you've just been so busy. Like you've launched <laughs> so many things this year. Um, Dive Through is a new company that you founded.
1: Yeah, it's it's finally out of my head <laughs> and in the heads of others. It feels so good. So I think we, well, we had talked about it in the last episode because we had already started uh, development and it was already, um, yeah, being created. So it's so interesting, like, dive through to me. Like, I feel like this year was, like, for me to figure out the moving pieces of my life so i sorted out the fact that it's sophie gray now and then i sorted out um, dive through is like my main medium and then sophie thinks thoughts the podcast is a way to support that so dive through the way that i explain it is that we combine guided breathing journaling and introspection to help um we call them divers dive through what they're going through so I've learned from my personal journey is that I was really tiptoeing around my trauma, around my anxiety, around my mental health experiences. And I was pretending they didn't exist. I was pretending I was fine. And then I finally was forced to realize I wasn't fine. And I had to go into the belly of the beast of my mental health and really get down to what was going on and really face those fears, face those beliefs, face my emotions. And it was terrifying. And I did that what the dive through method is founded on and what it is combining that guided breathing and journaling um yeah so it's like honest it is a genuine tool that I have my dive through practice every morning and every night and we say like our tagline is live life connected because we are so connected in regards to other people's lives but we're so disconnected from ourselves and we want it to be a tool that allows you the time to actually connect with who you are
0: so cool. And so when did you launch and what was the process of launching? Like I know a lot of our listeners are business owners, wannabe entrepreneurs, um, first-time founders, you know, people that have either gone through what you're going through or might at some point. So maybe talk about that process.
1: Yeah, so we um, had started actual development of the app in January and initially we had a 3 month time window of like completion and before that I had probably I had unconsciously worked on the idea without knowing it for a year and then before we started development I probably worked on it for like eight to like six to eight months like that getting the idea and I did a lot of journaling so I to dive through I dove through what dive through is and so when we finally got to the place of launch we actually launched in October so instead of three months it took 10 Uh, I think that's a normal thing to to happen and it was you have a podcast or you have one of your episodes um with a tech founder and she talked about how like if people knew what it would take to get into a startup they would never do it mm-hmm. and like related I like needed I think you actually messaged me yeah about it, if you have a feeling.
0: yeah I was like you and, need to listen to this episode
1: <laughs> and it was so helpful because just like that kind of just awareness that other people are going through it, and um, the launch, and like getting everything going, I shifted my expectations and my idea of success. So um, I found that I redefined success as being able to be creative. And so during the launch phase and during just the creation phase, I felt successful every single day because we were creating it. So I, I felt really fortunate to feel very excited throughout the entire. 10 month period even though it was meant to be three months and I just trusted I was like okay this is taking a little bit longer because this is like what's meant to happen Um, and then around launch so we had kind of set some dates and they had always moved but I always knew that there wasn't going to be the actual date so but when we were kind of projecting for September I was like okay this is feeling very real um so once we got to that phase we decided October 1st was going to be like the official date and then I had no idea that when you submit an app to the app store it actually takes like some time to get approved Mm -hmm. um and then they like come back to you if they don't like something at Google is, like, so, like, oh, yeah, we'll accept anything and everything, whereas Apple is very ruthless with their process. Um, So we actually got rejected, like, two or three times, so we had to just change some code, and I think that's a totally normal thing to happen, but it was very stressful, and I was definitely, for, like, the two weeks before launch, I was in a very, very negative space, and it's, it was funny. I had booked an appointment with my psychologist on October 2nd, the day after launch, without knowing that was going to be the launch date. So it was perfect because I was in a very angry, I like my mental health and my stress uh, shows up as anger and rage. So I was just like, and I like, I'm not going around punching anything, but it's like that internal rage, which I think is even more scary. Um, So it was really good that I had that appointment with my psychologist because I like explained this and she was like, okay, she's like, you are operating, choosing fear, you're focusing on what's going wrong. You are like thinking it needs to be this particular way, but it's not that way. And like, enjoy the process. And I think the theme of my life this entire year and throughout the launch of dive through was to enjoy the pieces, or to enjoy the process, and that the pieces are coming together. So it was, like, a very stressful time that I, like, glad that the second day we launched, I, like, had that appointment to, like, kind of, like, reassess and realign. But yes, it was, it was a process, and it was stressful, and my dive through practice, I was journaling more than ever, but the one thing that I would say I learned, and what I recommend to everyone is to really enjoy the process, and you will have the entire, and then the end result, you'll never, there's no end result ultimately, like launch is an end result, but then things actually begin, mm-hmm. but then when you're enjoying the process, and things, then your day-to-day life is much more enjoyable.
0: Yeah, yeah, because we almost did this interview, was it a month ago, or maybe a few weeks ago, it was like right around the launch, we wanted to do it right when things were getting going, and it didn't work out timing-wise, because I was moving, and things were a little bit hectic, but it sounds like, now you're kind of in a headspace where like you can retrospectively look at how all of that played out rather than being so like emotionally tied to that launch and all the ups and downs with that
1: absolutely when we had wanted to do the interview I was like in the eye of the storm (laughs) I was in the thick of it and I was angry and I was like I just need to vent but then I also think it's important because and we talked about it that like mental health as a founder man, like, it is stressful. This is a stressful path that we have chosen, and there's a lot of hiccups, and there's a lot of ups and downs, and people aren't really talking about that, and Mm -hmm. I think what I I really do want to share that, that you see online and everything's so wonderful, but, like, trust me, this girl was stressed (laughs) out.
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting, too, because you've been – you know, an influencer, freelancer, self-employed, I don't know what title you like to give your former self prior to like becoming an entrepreneur and starting this company, Um, but what were some of the things that were maybe unexpected or that were different running a company and, and creating dive through versus just working on content yourself and like being a freelancer in that capacity?
1: Yeah. So I would say like the managing of people and then recognizing your strength. So this is might seem like a really unpopular thing to say, but I actually don't view myself as a CEO. And obviously I'm an acting CEO right now, but that doesn't land in where I believe my service will be later on in the company when we're able to have all of the team members and the cool office. I really have realized from this process that that's not my strength. I would say maybe more that chief creative officer however you want to word that but yeah I think realizing that the kind of like ball game that I want to get into is a lot more advanced than the skills that I currently possess and I don't that's not like throwing myself under the bus but I think it's an important realization and a lot of um, aspiring entrepreneurs like you have to do everything at the beginning and I am doing everything at the beginning but then also just realizing along the way what you do what you really do thrive at so that when you get to that point where you can expand, you're not micromanaging and you're not holding on to something that like, actually, no, that's not where you're best in service. And so that's kind of been like a interesting exploration of self because as the entrepreneur, as the founder, you think that you're going to be the best CEO, but maybe you won't be. And that's been really interesting because from this experience and the difference is like the managing of the managing of people. And that's definitely not a strong suit of mine and it's been obviously it's something that I'm having to step up to the plate to do but that's just been a learning curve and a realization that like huh this really isn't what I'm <laughs> awesome at but that's probably been the biggest difference in managing moving pieces in a regards where like especially with the developers and things like that but like I don't understand that world so I brought on someone to manage them then I'm managing that person and there's just so many more moving pieces
0: mm-hmm Yeah. And that takes a huge amount of self-awareness to realize I actually don't want to be the CEO. I don't want to be managing the business logistics and all of those pieces. And that was the exact same feeling that I had before I left Wear Your Label. I was like, wow, I'm in a role doing something that I'm so not passionate about anymore because it just doesn't fit my skill sets. It doesn't make me feel fulfilled creatively, like all of these things. And just like you said, so many people see the title CEO, um, first-time entrepreneurs, they want to hold on to that control, and they think that that is success. That is the end game, is being the CEO of a company. Um, But it's actually not for everyone. And it's not particularly fun, in my opinion, to be that person who's managing everything and in control of everything, which, of course, it works for some personality types. But I think that's really cool that you've realized that so early on.
1: And I think it's also important to recognize. And I fundamentally believe there is a difference between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur. And it is okay if you are a self-employed person, you do like people think that they want all these glorious teams and this big massive thing, but like what you're doing might not actually be that. And I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank and they mm-hmm. think about they're like, no, like this is either a service or like this isn't something investable. This isn't going to be like a Fortune five hundred company because it is it's based on you. And mm-hmm. I think there's it's really beautiful to be self-employed and to just not having to report to anyone and making income in in whatever way that looks. But there is a difference like with like having a company where like it can grow to the capacity where you have hundreds of employees and that's not for everyone. And you you can recognize that. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be self-employed, not to be the entrepreneur that owns like a, owns a tech company or owns a company that's managing hundreds of people. So it's in really important to like I, I would say journal and explore that. And why do you think why do you think you want to have this massive company? Is it because that's what you're like viewing success ads or is that what your business is in service of and like it would it's the type of business that will grow into that definitely think there needs to be some exploration with that
0: totally yes well i could not agree more um having made the transition from startup founder to freelancer I feel so much more in my element working on my own with clients versus managing a team within a business. And coming to that self awareness myself was really huge because I had a lot of people, especially now that things have been like picking up the past couple months. um, I've only been self employed really for. 10 months, I guess. Um, It seems it feels like a lot longer. But now that things have been picking up so much, I have a lot of people asking, Oh, well, are you going to start an agency? Um, Are you going to start a business and like hire more contractors to work under you? And I thought about it for a while and then I realized, you know what? I really enjoy the flexibility and the freedom of just being a consultant and just working myself. And I did bring on an assistant um, two months ago, which she's been like a godsend, but I'm not in a position where I actually want to be running this like major agency right now. And I think coming to that realization was so like powerful for me in a way. Because I know what I want my life to look like. I just heard this term recently, but lifestyle design, like it's such a bougie way of saying like making your life what you want it to be. But I listened to a podcast about lifestyle design and I was like, wow, like, yes, like I want to be able to set my own hours throughout the day to work wherever I want to work from home with my cat to not be managing a ton of people in an office to choose the clients that I want to work with like this is lifestyle design and I was like oh actually I'm totally okay with maybe not making as much as I did if I was like running this massive company but having the flexibility in my life because that to me is more meaningful than the money. Like I I'm I'm really like coming to all these realizations recently and I I think that's something that more people maybe need to dive into is what they actually want their lifestyle to look like.
1: Absolutely. And I and I really do feel that like the entrepreneur self-employed thing like There is that difference and to explore what that looks like for you and how beautiful it is that you've had that realization. And I'm not sure if you've ever watched the show Silicon Valley. And like, they're so, yeah, so (laughs) I love it. So they're so honest about the stress of being like the tech company. And I don't necessarily say that we're a tech company, but we definitely, we use, we're an app, obviously. But like, but truthfully, when they show like the founders being stressed out and like puking, that actually lights me up. Like, and that's so bizarre. Like I, that to me, I'm like, that's all I want. Like I want (laughs) like the team members and I want that high stress. And like that, there you go. Like the the difference and the awareness. But to me, I'm like, that's what lights me up. I am ready for that. I want that. I want that team environment. I want all of that. I just don't want to manage the people, but I want mm. that creative space. Yeah. And so like, there you go. Like it's that lifestyle. And like, I want like, you know what? Maybe 20 hours of work a day. Like sometimes I'm actually okay with that and having a team to report to that's what I want when I kinda of dive through and dive into my relationship with the entrepreneurship versus self employed and staying small or going big and even the way word saying staying small or going big that's I think it sounds offensive but I think it's it's an okay like it's it's what drives you and it what lights mm-hmm. you up and to recognize that like there's nothing wrong with either or.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, so dive through. So who's using dive through right now? Who can use dive through? How can people use dive through? Mm-hmm.
1: So dive through is available both on um, Android devices and on Apple. So dive through they say business like niche down with like your individual. And we definitely have like our people that we're targeting, but it truly is for everyone. So we say it's for the self-help enthusiast. It's for parents. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for creatives. It's for um, people like career-focused individuals. And then uh, we have student stuff. So we have within the app, so the way that it works is we say that we' we'll call them dives. So you have two types of dives. You have deep dives, which over fourteen days you work on the same topic. So for example, you'd be exploring fear for fourteen days, or you'd be exploring what I want to be when I grow up, or you'd be exploring motherhood body changes over fourteen days. Or then we have our quick dives, which is one-off dive. So you just had a fight with your partner or you're wanting to close out your day. You're wanting a dose of gratitude. So they're one-time-in-the-situation dives. So we have within the app, we have like all of the topics we actually have over 600 days worth of dives so there's a lot of options in there and again the self-help enthusiast I think is a really like a nice way to broadly term who it's targeting towards so if you're someone that's super interested in self-help that you want to understand your fear you want to understand your like your relationship with happiness your relationship with your mom your relationship with your partner and then we also have um, targeted dives so for parents for students for entrepreneurs and for career focused individuals
0: Very cool. Um, And so if people want to download Dive Through, they just go on the App Store. It's on Google Play, you said, as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and I would absolutely love anyone listening to offer you guys uh, a 30-day access that unlocks everything. So it's free to download and it's free to get started. Um, But you guys can use the code SELF care sunday and then for directions to use the access code there is a little bit of a workaround so if you can email access at dive uh, you'll get the directions to how to unlock 30 days for free
0: amazing and so other than dive through um has there been any books or podcasts or apps lately that have really resonated with you or that you're really enjoying
1: I would say um, there's this book and it's, I think his name is Mark Manson. Uh, it, there's a swear word in it. Uh, <laughs> that's all I know. There's oh. a swear word in it. Um, the Subtle Art of Not Giving. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I really, that like book really resonated with me in terms of redefining success. And then as a creative, I recommend everything and everything he does it's Steven Pressfield and it's the war on art so I think there's art of war that's not what it is it's war on art and then there's um like a pro or something like that but it's basically the internal battle that creatives go through and like that like all of his books light me up so as a creative entrepreneur um or as a creative that loves to write whatever it is his books are amazing
0: cool so I hate to ask this question because when I was in the startup space, I always hated hearing it, but I'm genuinely curious what's next for Dive Thru um, now that you guys have launched and what's next for you uh, on your journey?
1: So with Dive Through, it is, so we say like as much as we're a tech company, it's a way of thinking. Dive Through is something that can seep into your entire life, so we are actually really taking a... Uh, not, I don't want to use the word clinical, but a Western-rooted approach. So we're actually putting together um, programming for therapists, counselors, psychologists, to be able to offer the dive-through method in their actual physical practice because it is a beautiful thing that's available for one-on-one. So that's something I'm really passionate about. Um, So that's from uh, the dive-through side, and then we're going to be doing dive-through together meetups whenever, like, we're open to people hosting them in their city so that there's, like, different chapters of dive-through so you can have, like, a monthly meetup up. so that's something we're super excited about and then there may be maybe something that I'm not able to exactly talk about <laughs> that involves some writing going on right now so that's really exciting and really lights me up so, so all of the cool. things
0: <laughs> amazing well, thank you so much Sophie this is awesome to catch up with you I've been really excited to hear about your journey so far and really excited to just watch things unfold and listen to your podcast
1: Well, thank you. Thank you for just bearing it all out into the world as a genuine follower and appreciator of you. Thank you on behalf of everyone. Aw,
0: thanks, Sophie.